Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 21. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dose of Leadership Podcast. I am Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Hey, before we start with the interview, I want to talk a little bit about my speaking services. I am available to be a speaker at your next event. I specialize in practical leadership and change management, and I got a philosophy of getting everyone to think and act like a leader, something I learned from the Marine Corps, and it's based on timeless natural principles and common sense. All of my presentations highlight my life leadership lessons, true stories, lessons from my positive and humbling experiences as a husband of 20 years, a father of four daughters, two of them that are teenagers, professional executive, and also as a military pilot. You see, I'm less concerned about the less kind of charismatic traditional leadership training. Instead, I'm focused on teaching all of us and sharing practical and actionable ideas on how we can become calm, how we can be confident, how we can be consistent, and most importantly, how we can be courageous in every aspect of our lives. So if you want more information, go to doseofleadership.com and click on the speaking menu item and get some more information, and I'd be glad to hear from you. Thanks for all your support, and enjoy the interview. Well, I'm pleased to have on the show Jamie Tardy. Ever since she was a little kid, she knew she wanted to be a millionaire. And at 22, she was earning six figures, and she found herself $70,000 in debt and hating her job. She knew that something had to change. Well, she got all that uh, debt paid off within 16 months, and she quit her job, and now she's a business coach. She's been featured on CNN, MSN, Kiplinger's Personal Finance, and even on Yahoo's homepage. She now interviews owners with $1 million net worth, figures are higher, and every single week, she tries to learn from them and get action tips, advice, and stories to help all of us build our income and try to get our own, become eventual millionaires as well. And that's the name of her website, Eventual Millionaire. She's interviewed best-selling authors like Guy Kawasaki, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Michael Hyatt, Michael Post. Pretty impressive lift, Jamie. How are you today? I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me on, Richard. Well, the whole idea of this podcast is to talk about leadership. And you know, and one thing I love talking about or learning about entrepreneurs is this whole idea of leadership. You don't typically hear entrepreneurs and leadership talked about in the same vein, but my gosh, entrepreneurs are leaders in their own right. And the reason why I think that is because, you know, the key to leadership is self-mastery and all these self-made millionaires, they are the kings of self-mastery. So what is, how do you feel about the whole idea of these self-made millionaires and leadership? What have you learned from them when it comes to leadership? Mm, that's an amazing question because, yeah, leadership is usually something that we don't talk about all that much, which is interesting. But it is, it's a key piece of going through, like if I'm going back and thinking I've done over 90 interviews with people, you know, with really high net worth and seeing sort of the progression, like they talk about the beginnings for them and then you see the growth as they've gotten bigger and better and a lot of the key pieces have to do with becoming leaders especially once they started building their companies enough to have employees and really having to put themselves in that spot in the leadership role even if they never felt like a leader and so yeah it's one of those huge things that i haven't even really paid as much attention to as i probably should because that's a key piece of it yeah you know and i think even some of these these people that are self-made they wouldn't even some of them don't even consider themselves leaders, leaders because we think of it in the traditional sense of it's the CEO or the C-level type. 
you know, working in a brick and mortar type building and, you know, issuing strategy to all the people in the room. And Mm -hmm. it really is, you know, leadership starts with yourself. And what always amazes me about entrepreneurs is like, how do you, you know, how do you get yourself or get the self-discipline to, to, to do something? I find what, and it's encouraging. And that's what I love about your show is like, even some of these great self-made millionaires have the same kind of limiting beliefs and don't know what to do next. Right. Have you, and you're Mm. an entrepreneur yourself. And I, I find it encouraging because it seems like I don't know what to do next. And I've always found myself plagued with that. And sometimes it's plagued me in, into inaction. Have you noticed that talking to some of these folks? Yes, that's that's awesome. Because when I first started this, I didn't know any millionaires. I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I assumed that they were on this pedestal of like, oh, they know something I don't. They, for some reason, can take all this action and do all these amazing things. But, you know, the normal person can't. And so when I try and bring people on the show, I try and ask them like, how it sucked and Mm -hmm. what were some of the really bad points and when did they not believe in themselves and and those questions that are true which the stories and listening to people as i've interviewed so many of them it keeps coming back they're just normal they have the same issues as everybody else has (laughs) you know there's it's not this them versus us there's none of that stuff one of the things that i see that they're really good at is pushing past anyway so just taking that action even knowing that they don't feel good enough even knowing that this might not work even though it feels really risky all those sorts of things that they can still move forward or get past their excuses that they're you know putting up in their own way and that's really the crux of it those are the things that anyone can do everybody's just a normal person trying to do the best with what they have and so seeing these really amazing stories of where these people have come from is a inspiring but b lets you know that you can do it too which is huge yeah i know you know i followed entrepreneurs for a really long time my whole life and i've always said gosh but i've always had that kind of limiting belief of like well i can't be like them because i'm not x y or z whatever Mm. but that's what's great about shows like yourself and like what john lee dumas does it shows you that they are just like us and that's what's really encouraging for all of us is that we can, you know, it, it just takes action or us doing something or the belief, number one, you know, getting rid of those limiting beliefs. You know, that's what I, I think, too, learning from watching your interviews and your interview styles that some of these guys still have limiting beliefs now, right? Yes. Yes. And that's one thing that I've learned just in the last few months. And it's really kind of shocked me. But at the same time, it's inspired me, too. Mm, there's okay so there's two things to that one is I always like to say this I don't remember where I heard it from but you can't compare your own insides to somebody else's outsides oh I like that yeah right we don't know what they're thinking we don't know if somebody who walks in the room that seems really confident is not um, you don't know what's in their head what they're going through and so we know what's in our head and so of course it seems crappy and we don't seem good enough but they might be thinking the exact same thing so I think that's really important to know and you can't do that and that's also why you listen to podcasts like this because you can hear the honesty in the people's voice of going yeah this it was not fun the entire time I didn't know what I was doing I was taking steps that were wrong I was failing it wasn't good and so you can compare a little bit of inside to inside instead of seeing you know the shiny exterior and thinking that that's it because that's not it you know 
Well, I think too, it's encouraging to see that, and I think it's epidemic. And and as a father of four daughters, and I and I don't know how to crack crack the nut on this, and because I'm like, well, and my oldest is uh, she's just about to turn sixteen. Wow! And, and <laughs> Congratulations! Oh, thank you. Well, and they're they're so bright and they're so smart, and and uh, especially my two oldest are very artistic, and they draw and they write, and they're so creative, and they got and you just see all this potential talent. I mean, they could literally just take on the world, right? But then they're still got they got this I don't know where they get it this like this lack of confidence or this fear of failure, and how do you how do you break that code and how do you teach somebody that it's okay you know the failing is is just a step in your ultimate success right? Yeah, it's very different just saying that though right because you oh, hear that all the time right well it's not failure it's learning yeah and I don't call it a failure it's learning and but when you're going through it you're like wow this is not fun I don't ever want to yeah. be in here <laughs> again I don't want to feel this feeling because those feelings aren't good but what I like to say especially as we move forward as we make progress as we get better as people um, we evolve Right. So at the very beginning, I sort of say the story at the very beginning, I like would go into a networking event. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like shaking. I, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't I don't even know what I should tell them my business is. And I had read all this stuff, but going out and doing it was such a different thing. And now I can walk into any networking event and have no problem at all. But I've done it so many times right. or interviewing millionaires. My first interview, I was shaking, right. you know, 90 later, I'm no, I'm used to it, you know, no yep. big deal. And so I think as we do things over and over again, we just get better and we don't even realize how much progress we've made after that thing. And then we think of this new issue, right? So I say I do something new. I go, oh, no, I suck again. Yeah. You know, it's just this constant constant, progress. Exactly. So like you said, the millionaires have that same thing. There's still stuff that makes them uncomfortable. There's still stuff they're figuring out. And it's we're just all at different points of this evolution of learning things as we go. You know, one thing I really appreciate that you put together was your um, eventual millionaire manifesto. Well, first, before mm-hmm. we talk about that, let, talk about the whole idea of eventual millionaire. I know you said it in some of your other interviews, but for the sake of if someone's listening for the first time, and what is an eventual millionaire? Great question. I don't get that question very much, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Everyone just assumes that it's, yeah, you're going to eventually be a millionaire. Um, but there's a spin on it because I had a job that I hated and I, I had gone after the money. Like it was all about the money at first. Right. And I had the epiphany of, oh, it's not about the money. It's about actually enjoying the work. And so I set it up where I dropped my million dollar goal. I was like, no, this is definitely not important. I don't care about the money anymore. I'm going to find something that I love. And I didn't add it back in until later. So I added it back in consciously going, you know what? I can still be a millionaire. It doesn't matter how fast I become one. I like to say that if I continued at the job that I was at before, you know, I made six figures at the age of 22. Like I could have become a millionaire so much faster. But on the day that I died, I would have been like, wow, that was not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Let's say I became a became a millionaire and then passed away. My whole life was doing something I didn't like just for that money. And this other way, if I'm doing what I absolutely love, even if I never hit that goal, it doesn't matter. I still want to hit the goal. Don't get me wrong. Right. <laughs> it's more fun to hit the goal now. But that's really what matters. Eventually, doing the work I enjoy, I'm going to hit that million dollar goal, but doing the work I enjoy and having the life I really want 
instead of doing it just for the money. And so that's what it's all about. It makes a big difference when you're going to work every day and enjoying what you do. Your life is a thousand times better, I can tell you from experience. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, I've, you know, and I'm a little bit older than you, but I've gone through those cycles of like, well, I think we all feel like, well, we have to get the job. We have to, or go to school, get the job, do what we're supposed to do. And sometimes do, and sometimes you have to do what you're not, you know, aren't meant to do necessarily. Mm. But I think if you're always pursuing and pushing and, and doing what your heart tells you you should do, everything kind of falls into place after that. I'm mm. a firm believer of that. I mean, I've had opportunities come up to where, well, here's your next step. You know, the next step is you're going to be a director. And I'm like, I don't want to be a director, you know, mm. even though that's where the more money comes in, the more responsibility, but also the more headaches. And then, you know, and I had an opportunity to go fly again, which is a passion, right? I love to fly. It's like putting on a comfortable pair of old jeans, right? Or <laughs> it's just, I love to fly. It's just, it's visceral for me, right? Mm, I just started. I, I, I have my pilot's log right over there. I just started. I've taken like one lesson so oh, far, by you? the way, and it's really exciting. Yeah. So once it gets in your blood, it's hard to get out. Yeah. And so, and if you can get paid doing it, all the better, you know? And so I've, I had an opportunity that showed, presented itself and, I'm flying again, and so <laughs> I don't know. And, and I love what you what you were talking about is kind of is spelled out so wonderfully in your um, eventual millionaire manifesto, which I highly encourage people. If you sign up on Jamie's website, give me your, her your email address, and you'll eventually get this. Right? Are you still giving that out to people if they yep. sign up? Yep, yeah, definitely. It's a great PDF, and I love that you put so much value and care into it because. You talk about that. It's not about loving the money. It's it's really about the journey. And that's another thing that I've learned from your interviews is that's what a lot of your millionaires said. You know, for them, it's about the journey. It isn't about necessarily making the million dollars, right? Because it is, mm -hmm. it is the excitement is in the journey. There's a quote, and of course, I can't remember, and I can't seem to find it either. So if anyone knows, they should email it to me. But it's something like, you know, I want to become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the person I'll become along the way. And that's, to me, that's what it's about. I mean, it's an, it's so far been an amazing experience, and I'm not even there yet. But you look at some of the millionaires that I've interviewed. Like my good friend Todd Tresseter was like, when I became a millionaire, he goes, I, nothing happened, you know, and it wasn't, right. it was the same as the day before. And, and he goes, I had put so much pressure on that the money would make me happy. And it didn't. And that was a real turning point for him because he was like, oh, I hit the goal, but it wasn't what I thought it was either. And so now, of course, very different. Um, and that's, that's, I want to make sure that when I hit a million bucks, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about achieving a goal definitely and that's awesome but it's not about that monetary value going back to the idea of leadership do you see have you do you consider yourself a leader i mean you're, here you are you worked in kind of corporate america and then now you're you know being a mom and doing your own thing and kind of you're having a, a whole different lifestyle but do you consider yourself a leader it's so funny because i've been called a leader and it takes, and this is sort of how I work, I guess. It takes me a little while to get used to stuff, right? Where people are like, oh, no, you are. And so I'm like, well, I guess so. And um, someone told me just the other day, they're like, well, a leader leads people and you're leading people. And it's like, well, yeah, I am. So it's kind of an interesting thing. I feel like um, an, an amazing place where I can say things and people will listen. And 
while I'm stepping into the role of being a leader, I also feel like I'm just like everybody else. And so it's it's a very fun place to be to sort of start figuring all this stuff out. I love teaching people. I feel like I'm a teacher more than a leader at this point. Um, and really trying to help people get to where they want to go to, doing whatever it takes, because I really believe that people can have what they want, even if sometimes their brain decides mm -hmm. that they they can't or for some reason uh, shouldn't. And then I can just sort of be the guiding light a little bit of helping somebody see that they can. And so if you call that a leader, great. It doesn't really matter what you call it. I'm having fun doing it. Well, that's definitely a leader. I mean, I think what it, I always ask that question, it's fun. And, and again, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I see and I've come across, they don't, they never think of it in that aspect because they're thinking in the traditional sense. But as you said, you think to, like to consider yourself a teacher. That is the ultimate leader, in my opinion. You know, someone that's influencing mm -hmm. others, um, that's out there, that's humble. That's the type of leadership that I think is so lacking in today's society, right? I'm, I'm less concerned about the charismatic leader. I'm more concerned about the one who leads from the heart, like, you know, in whatever passion they're doing, be it hosting a podcast or teaching or running a summer camp, whatever, it doesn't matter. So I think you're well, a leader. Like you said, it's one of those things where if you're humble, it feels weird calling myself a leader, Yeah, you know? Because and so, cause you picture yourself with your hands and your hips, you know, on a, on a podium with a big flag behind you, right? That's not, you know, that's the <laughs> image. Which is so funny because I do speeches and I love speaking to large groups of people. It's so fun and amazing. But yeah, I still don't, even if I walked them through the streets and they followed me, it's, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a leader. I don't know. <laughs> I do the same thing. I like, I had a great interview with um, uh, the lady that wrote the um, book, The Introverted Leader. And... Um, great book and she's an extrovert but her husband is a is an introvert and she that's why she wrote the book but i told her i'm an introvert and i don't I'm, but i love to speak in front of large audiences i love it but if i'm at a christmas party or at a social event i'll get very uncomfortable if there's a bunch of people around i'm more comfortable with just a couple people that i know really well um i don't know if that makes sense or not but Oh, it does. I mean, the classic introvert. I'm, I apparently span the line. Somebody, uh, James Wedmore came up to me and he figured out which, you know, what I am. And it's sort of funny to be pegged. He's like, Oh, I think you're an extrovert. And then, uh, so he said, I th think you're an, you're an introvert. And I'm like, what? I like people, but it is, it's a different thing. I either want to be with small groups of people that I know or very large yeah, groups right. of people. But I span the line, you know, but it's it's a funny thing. It's neat to start learning about yourself and figuring out the way you work. It helps. It definitely helps. So how do you overcome the um, fear of failure? What do you personally do? Mm, that's a great question. I listen I, to inspiring people who <laughs> <laughs> are doing similar things. One of the biggest things that I've um, done is I set up myself to have mentors and master. Like I have a mastermind group. Oh, yeah. Good idea. And so like I just I chatted with him yesterday and I was in the hot seat. And so I have these amazing entrepreneurs telling me what they think of the ideas that I have and that I can do it and all that sort of stuff. It's it extremely helpful when I mean, I told them yesterday, I'm like, I'm kind of scared about doing this. We'll see how it goes. And they're like, of course you can do it, Jamie. And like that, having that backup and that support system. And, and I saw my mentor yesterday, too, and having people that really believe in you. Even sometimes when you don't really helps push you forward to go, yeah, you know what? I can do this. Even if it, you know, we're the, our, our own worst critic. Yeah. Right. So it's easy to sort of be like, well, I don't know. Am I good enough? And all that sort of stuff. But having other people that I 
holy respect a thousand times over telling you that you can do something and I can't wait until you do this. I think it's really exciting and, and that can definitely help push you past your fear. Yeah, I'm a big believer of surrounding yourself with with the people you want to be like, I think is huge. How do you, and, and I know you're good at this, I, and I'm a big fan of this too and kind of new to the game at it and I'm surprised at, at, at reaching out to some of the people I have. How do you reach out to some of those mentors that you've come across do you have any tips or techniques? Mm, I definitely do. There's there's a lot of different ways. Um, I've done it offline and online. And so like the very first mentor that I ever really had um, was the person actually I saw yesterday that helped me become a business coach. And I remember being like the scared, like I said, at the, at the networking event going like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I emailed him. He was the local business coach and way higher class. Like he had sold a million dollar business. And I was like, I don't know who you are, but you're amazing. And I'm not, and, but I, <laughs> but I want to, you know, I was all that head trash. Yeah. And so I was like, but you know what? I really want to meet him to sort of see what things are like. And, um, I ended up meeting him. He gave me tons of really great ideas for my own business, which was great. And later I sent him a letter or a thank you card thanking him for his time. And he was like, you know what? The fact that you sent me a thank you card is amazing. He's like, we should chat because he was actually looking to find a partner for um, his business. And he was like, I was thinking about maybe doing a mentorship. And I'm going, how does a mentor just drop in your lap like that? How amazing, <laughs> no kidding, how amazing is that? It was kind of crazy. So something like that. And uh, But even online, when I got online, I found my mastermind group. Um, amazing people in my mastermind group. Um, everybody's sort of like Pat Flynn. So I mentioned his name and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I know who Pat Flynn is. Um, in this circle anyway. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> in this circle. Um, so Pat, before he was really big, I asked him and Marin and a whole bunch of other people um, that were doing really amazing things online when I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I, I worked it out so that I, I started that mastermind group that was over three years ago. And getting people like that to say yes to you, um, that know so much more than you do, um, is great. And the way I did it, by the way, too, just to give you a little heads up, um, the reason why they said yes um, is because I found people that were better than me. And as soon as I had a couple of them say yes, it was much easier to get really high class people to say yes also. And I tried to structure it really well. So that way, like I had a whole PDF outline. It was all laid out. A lot of the times people try and start mastermind groups and they're like, oh, we should just get together. And a lot of the times it becomes like, well, we're just sort of chatting. We really had a format. I'm like, we have to meet every Monday. If we don't meet every Monday and if you miss two in a row, you're out like very hardcore kind of a thing. Wow. And so it was a different kind of setup. A lot of the people were like, sure. You know what? That sounds like a great idea. I'll give it a try. And like I said, three years later, it's been just an amazing experience. But I've gotten millionaire mentors from having interviews with people. It's just now it seems so much easier just starting to build your network of some amazing people. Lots of really cool stuff happens. Yeah, I think, you know, and it sounds so simple saying it here at, at zero speed, but I found if you just go up there and you just be completely honest and ask for help, You'd be amazed at what people will do. You know, you don't, of course they know you're impressed with them, but I think too often sometimes they get people like, oh, I love your stuff. And, you know, they just want to be next to someone either famous or someone of that high stature. But if you just genuinely send them a letter or an email and tell them exactly why you want, want to learn from them, you'd be amazed at what people will say yes to. 
Mm, well, and I think one of the other tips, and this is what I just told one of my clients the other day, is really being on the same level as them. Yeah. A lot of the times people get emails going like, oh my gosh, I love you. You're exactly. so amazing. I can't believe you do what you do. You're a celebrity. And I get emails like those too. And it's hard because they're putting themselves on a lower level than you are. And don't get me wrong. I love getting those emails. Um, <laughs> but when you're trying to be on the same level as someone, as far as, um, I mean, a mentorship is a little bit different, but but being on the same level as someone is different and you have a different air of confidence when you're talking to them. And so if I were to go to my mastermind and, and invite people in and go, oh my gosh, you guys are so amazing. I would be so amazed if you said yes to me. <laughs> well, that's not the language you really want to be saying. You no. want to be saying, you know, I know some amazing things. I can help you too. Um, how can we work on this so it's beneficial to both of us? Instead of lowering yourself down, you're sort of putting them on equal footing. That's right. And we're all equal, so it's fine. They don't need to know your inner head game. You're probably absolutely amazing and just not <laughs> not giving yourself enough credit. But trying to do that and putting yourself on that same uh, f step as them helps you get a lot more relationships that are a lot more beneficial to you um, because you are you have that confidence and you can really talk to them as friends and equals instead of you know setting yourself back. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I think you know coming with them with honesty instead of a starstruck eyes, you know, and, and it's not, I think you, you hit the point that we try to, we lower our own value and that is such a shame. You know, we are more valuable than we give ourselves credit for. And I know it's tough to do because we don't want to come across as, you know, being too arrogant, I guess, you know, but it's a fine line between, you know, being almost, you know, puppy dog as opposed to being, you know, this arrogant jerk. But I mean, you just got to be yourself, right? Exactly. Like I did a speech and someone came up and was like, how can you be so humble? And I'm like, he's like, you're with these amazing people. And you know, how come you don't have a huge ego? And I'm going like, I don't, they're just people too. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all just sort of people. I'm from a small town in Maine. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And sort of having that air instead of being like, oh, I am awesome. I hang out with millionaires all the time. And I, I'll joke about that, but I, it's not how I really feel. And I think that's what's really funny. I mean, we can joke about being arrogant or whatever, but you're not. And people know, like meeting someone for five seconds, you can sort of know whether or not they they have that ego that overshadows everything else or not. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you know, I think we just, again, it's that kind of that pop culture mentality or what gets um, elevated are these larger than life charismatic figures. But there is a whole culture, if you will, subculture of, you know, millionaires, successful entrepreneurs that are very humble, that are making things happen, that are that are doing great things, providing tremendous value. You never hear about them, you know, and that's what's great about your interviews, too. There's a lot of people I've never even heard of, but there's such great stories, you know, there's a lot. Of I people, love it, too. There's a, there's a lot it's of funny. people out there. Go ahead. Well, I know I was going to say we hear we tend to hear about the same people that have books that do the speaking and do the, all the stuff. And it's interesting. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast is because, like, don't get me wrong. I love listening to the marketing guys and the sales guys and, and the guys that are really putting it out there, the content. But it's a different thing talking to someone who's running their business right. and really like crushing it in their business and can tell you how they're doing it now, like what's working for them right now. Very inspiring stuff. Yep. Well, where can they find you, Jamie? You can just go to eventualmillionaire.com and all the interviews are, if you go to the Millionaire Case Studies, all of them are right there for you. So real quick, what's next? What's on your, what's on your plate in the next uh, couple of weeks? Or you got a, you got a, are you writing a book? 
Yes, I'm writing a book. I'm traveling. I'm going to South by Southwest actually tomorrow. I get to I get to leave and go there, and that should be fun. I'm going to like an author's party, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, the book's coming up. A lot of really cool stuff is coming up, especially coming out of the. Uh, I did a three-day mentoring group in Connecticut. Coming out of that, I'm going, oh, I have way too much, way too many ideas. I need to work way more than 20 hours a week to get all these things done or hire many more people to get all this stuff done. Uh, but it's really exciting. I am so grateful and thankful for being able to do what I do. Well, Jamie, it's been a thrill and a pleasure to have you on my show. We'll have you back again, especially when your book comes out. And, um, and if everybody can find you on Eventual Millionaire and uh, check out her blog and sign up for her, all of her free stuff, it's definitely well worth it. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate it. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.